Sign up to Rough Trade Club, the ultimate subscription for vinyl enthusiasts. Get money off online and in store and access to sold out events and discounts at Rough Trade East, Rough Trade West, Bristol, Liverpool and all over the UK. Join Rough Trade Club plus new music to receive an exclusive variant of their album of the month every month. Head to roughtrade.com slash club and when you use the voucher code club101pod, you'll get a third off your first three months. That's at roughtrade.com slash club and you can get a third off your first three months by using the voucher code club101pod. Do you play in bands? I did for the longest time. And I wish that I knew that DistroKid was a thing. I don't even think it existed back then. DistroKid makes music distribution fun and easy with unlimited uploads and artists keep 100% of your royalties and earnings. A million plus artists rely on DistroKid to get their music on Spotify, Apple, YouTube, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, and all the major streaming services. When you get DistroKid, you can see a DistroKid bank and withdraw your earnings. You get notified when you've earned royalties and you can withdraw via the app. And you can even check your streaming stats on Spotify. Spotify and Apple. Get 30% off your first year on DistroKid by going to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. 30% off for your first year. That's not bad. We know it's a tough world out there. Why don't you make it easier for yourself? And to get 30% off that free year as an artist where you get 100% of your royalties and earnings, go to distrokid.com slash VIP slash 101pod. All right, stay with me. I'll be right back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Hey, what's up? You're listening to 101 Part-Time Jobs with me, Giles Bidder, where I speak to bands and artists about paving the road out in front of them. There's no one-size-fits-all, no basic route to follow when you're a band or an artist. As loads of you know, um, you know the world's become a bit more transparent about how bands and musicians operate, and I thought this was a perfect time to start hearing about people's personal stories of how they've been able to make it work for themselves. So on today's episode, we've got Matt Kerakis from Citizen. Their new album, Calling the Dogs, is out this Friday. The three singles that have come out sound excellent. It's got some really cool sounds on it, which we talk about here. Some proper clanks, some proper into that stuff. Really like it. Matt also does some great solo stuff. If you're listening to this, half of you will already be big fans, so I don't need to tell you much about it. But here we hear some stories that we wouldn't get anywhere else, I don't think. He talks about three. 3D printing and 
facing yourself in the mirror, acknowledging your own characteristics and working on going in the right direction for you that feels good. I love this chat. Really thankful to be doing this. Cheers for listening. If you like this episode, please subscribe. Please leave a review or a rating if you have time. That stuff helps me massively. So thank you if you're able to do that. Also, I've just started a newsletter called P45 RPMs. A P45 is the pink slip that you get handed when you're fired from a job or you leave a job here in England. Um, so that's where I'll be sharing new episodes as well as some stories of my own, maybe some breakfast recipes, some other bits and bobs. Uh, it's free to sign up and you can get that at 101parttimejobs.com. Just put in your email. I'm not going to ask you for anything booky, nothing dodgy there. 101parttimejobs.com to sign up to the P45 RPMs newsletter. Before we get into this episode, I'm going to speak with Rebecca from the band Eka, who is a brand ambassador for Ampolo, which is a free app. You can download it now. If you want to practice along with an existing song, you say you want to play bass to Rage Against the Machine, but you want to play along with it, you can take the bass out and practice along just like that. I think Rage Against the Machine is my... Uh, Bomb Track was the first song I learned to play on bass. That first song you learn, it stays with you, doesn't it? I remember mine, which was just like a prayer on saxophone. But yeah, I mean, I used to play that for hours, like trying to get it right alongside the CD player. You sat there trying to rewind, get it to the right point. Playing along kind of with the vocal. It's great for kind of doing covers and just learning the songs, basically. And that's on Ampolo. It's free. Anyone can download it now on the App Store. You can record yourself so you can see how you're looking when you play it. Make sure your tongue's not sticking out when you're trying to play some riffs. Happy practicing. So here he is on 101 Part-Time Jobs. It's Matt Kerakis from Citizen. 101 Part-Time Jobs. You know, I started the show a couple of years ago because lots of friends bands were touring and coming home and scrambling for jobs. And I've always been interested, I guess, in like that kind of element of like documenting stuff and, um, you know, especially, especially to do with like music and especially punk rock and hardcore, because there's so many stories that, that are like due to be told, you know, and, and a few years ago, I was like, you know, I've got to start interviewing bands about the way they've been able to make it work and all the psychodrama that goes into being a band and my mum writes books. So I've always had that in the back background, you know, she had her first novel published aged 45, you know, whilst oh, wow. raising three kids. And I just, I've always found that element interesting of like the way that people make it work. So that's my background. That's where I'm coming from. That's awesome. Um, and, and calling the dogs, listening to it all day today, this episode is not going to come out until like release day or released week. So, you know, we, we, we should talk about it. And like the, like the way, the way that it, it starts, like the first lyric of it, nice job, but there's no result is so what being a band is in my experience, you know, it's like so much because you could talk for hours about like how much work it is, how much work, it, of course it's loads and loads of work. I think there's an element of like humility and a bit of like fun you can have with that. And just like, that's just the way it is. That's the way the bands have operated forever. But it really feels like that and like that as an opening, opening line just sets the intent for the record. 
Um, yeah, I mean, everything I've just said there, what, is it, what does it make you think of? No, I mean, I, I totally agree. And I think, I mean, I think in the field of art specifically, I mean, whether you're a writer or a painter, or, I do um, these like 3D, I do 3D prints and I paint them and I model them and stuff. And, and, and I do, I have this moment a lot when I do a print where it's like, I'll do a 3D model of like a big demon or something like that. And I put so much time into it and I print it and it'll be this big. And then I spend painting and then like all of a sudden I have like a hundred hours into this thing and then I get done with it. And I'm like, you know, it's just like, that's just it. You know, and I'm like, I can't sell it. Nobody yeah. wants it. It's just like, oh man, it's cool. You know, but whatever. And yeah, I mean, music, I mean, everything is quite like that. I mean, I think I've been, fortunate over the years to uh maybe reap the benefits of uh people really supporting the things that i do musically but um mm. yeah that um i i like that observation of the line so you got into 3d printing yeah yeah i've always done 3 3d uh modeling and kind of like dabbling in video game programming and stuff like that and um I knew 3D printing was a thing, but I didn't think it was as accessible as it actually is now. And um, my wife was going away for a while, and my buddy um, contacted me about um, a character I designed. He's like, dude, you should let me 3D print this. I have one at my house. And it was like, boom, in my head, I was like, you can have a 3D printer at your house. And I was just talking to to my wife about how awesome i think that is and she just on a whim just went and bought me one for like a hundred bucks i mean they're so cheap you know for three she just went and bought me one for a hundred bucks or however much it was i didn't know they were that cheap yeah you get them dirt cheap um nice ones too i mean obviously the more expensive you go the cooler it is but Mm. the thing is it's like a tv the technology is advancing so fast that it's like i could buy a 3d printer right now for a thousand dollars and in like three months it'll be worth a hundred bucks you know so Yeah, it's it's actually crazy. And um, so anyway, so she got me this and it just skyrocketed into this like new hobby, this new thing that I've never experienced. And I love it, you know, and um, I haven't really got to do it much this year, but I am printing. uh, I really like Mortal Mortal Kombat. I'm printing a Mortal Kombat character right now, 14 inch or somewhere around there tall. And um, I'm excited to, to get going on it. Yeah. Very cool. So you're a project kind of guy. Have you always been that way? When you were younger, was it like building ramps to skate or jump off and building stuff with your pals and just you're a project guy? Yeah, I, I, I'm always doing something. And I'm always trying to create something. And But I'm not, I, I'm not trying to create something nobody's ever heard of. I'm just trying to create shit that already exists. I'm like, well, I mean, when I used to, <laughs> when I was really young, I feel like this is maybe like one of my first projects, which, uh, which failed miserably, obviously, but I really wanted to build a drum set and I just could not for the life of me. I mean, I was in like fifth grade or something, could not figure out how to make wood circle. So I was like, (laughs) I'm going to build a square drum set. So I built these shells (laughs) square that I was like, I don't know what drum heads are made out of. So I just duct taped or you know clear duct tape over it and i was hit it i was like why isn't this sound good you know and but i guess <laughs> i guess you know i just i always try to do 
stupid little things like that. And I try to write stories and I'm horrible at writing mm. stories, but, um, you know, nice job, but there's no result. It's kind of like, Oh, it's, it's rewarding. But, um, what comes of it besides the, the self-satisfaction and sometimes there doesn't, there doesn't need to be anything other than that. Right. Well, there's always the next thing. You know, I wonder if that is where the reward is to do something. And, you know, you get that second, those three seconds of hell yeah. yeah. And then it's like, what's the next thing? You know, yeah, you're just chasing yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally. And I suppose that's like what being a band is. You know, would it be right to like assume or like say that, you know, those projects of like building drum kits, like that turned into being in the band, you know, that project turned into booking that first tour, recording that first demo, then EP, then full length. And then like the path keeps paving out in front of you. Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, at least for me, it's just like always stimulating the creative part of your brain is important. And I do think venturing off and doing other things other than music helps me kind of reset and refresh and then when i come back to music it feels good again and um but at the same time i'm still working on that part of my brain you know i don't know big time yeah big time and you know like and all this stuff like everyone's trying to work it out <laughs> everyone's trying to like see what that thing is that makes ourselves feel good and like keep on like keep on that balance i mean it makes me think you know that, that kind of playing music and that kind of reward that we're talking about like sad truth, but most things in life that you have to do, like don't give you that. Right. Totally. I, I think, I think that comes from, I think the very high highs of making something that um, is an expression of yourself in any form of art, music, painting, whatever mm. is rewarding because it's coming straight from you. And especially if you get appreciation from someone else, it's a feeling like no other, truly, you know, yeah. like, yeah, you know, whether I write a song, that's a, tight, that's a tight rope to walk though. Right. Cause I imagine when you're on your second record or third one, you know, and it's like, you know, it's done well before, like no one's fucking superhuman to overlook that thought or ignore that thought of like, what, might people like what might the label like what might the manager like yes i've i've been there for sure and um never with citizen really but i do stuff on the side where i have felt like i should cater to specific people and that was a, a lesson learned for sure is this with your solo stuff yeah yeah um you know it's not awesome man your 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 citizen your solo stuff is so great thank you Thank you. It's a real pocket. It's a real pocket. I can't really think of anything that makes me feel the same way. It's yeah. it's really it's a really satisfying. They're really satisfying records. Satisfying Thank songs. Thank you. Yeah. So you know, and that feels good to hear. There we go. Cool. <laughs> how have you how have you dealt with that kind of uncertainty that comes with, like that's just like a that's like one of a list, right? A list of a, a long list of things that aren't massively certain. And look, I'm not trying to like wig you out here or anything like that. Like, I want to, I want this conversation to be like an inspiring one, you know, a, yeah. a, a, like a, you know, everyone deals with uncertainty. What's, what's your, um, what's your Northern star? What's like, is there something that you do or like one, you know, it could be a book or like a movie or just a thought that pulls you back to who you are. 
I have come a long way or, you know, or have achieved whatever amount of success I've achieved by just doing what feels good to me and not having any expectations. Citizen was never supposed to be a full-time thing. I never thought I would still be in Citizen. Uh, Citizen was just, oh, I, I wrote some songs. I think they're cool. Let's just put it online. And um, that mindset takes a lot of the stress away. When I'm, when I'm writing a new record and, or when we're writing a new record, whatever it is, and I find myself thinking about what other people will think too much, that's usually when I write the songs that I don't use. I, it just starts to feel starts to feel weird and feels forced and um, kind of going with my gut and whatever I personally really like has done me well and has done us well. And um, that's kind of how I recenter myself. That's that's really, you know, it makes me think of, you know, we've all been those people going to those gigs, seeing those gigs where everyone pops off and, you know, it's just an amazing show. And you can't help but think, I want to get involved, I want to get stuck in. I want to do that. That is, I feel like that's a big place where expectations for young or old, but just sort of new people to like play music or putting out the first record. Cause you've already got that hope. <laughs> right. Totally. I mean, you got, I got that great line. So I'm just, I'm just looking down cause I was writing down these lyrics as I was listening to the record today, but there's another one. My, my struggles are beneficial from can't take it slow. I think that's like another one that is like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I get it. If you can make your struggles beneficial, if you can try and sort of design that or like reverse engineer that kind of way of your mindset. Yeah. I mean, failure or road bumps or whatever, just, kind of toughen you up and make you a better problem solver and make you better under stress. Um, I, I don't think it's good to, I mean, this might sound cliche or whatever, cause I feel like it's been said many times, but if you're always winning or succeeding or you're never experiencing failure, um, it doesn't make you as well-rounded. Right. I mean, mm, yeah. You can't yeah. really, I can't really think of like the highest points of my life. Yeah, they're fucking rad. But in, a, in terms of a kind of production, like creating something point of view, I'm not sure what I've learned from that. You learn hard with the difficult times. Definitely, definitely. And you, I was following your building of your studio over the years and, you know, noticing on the, on the production of your records. And I really hear it on Calling the Dogs first of all because there's so many mad sounds there's that one kind of a very kind of like some sounds that sound like five hi-hats that have been driven over by a car and it's like doink <laughs> <laughs> and they they add to it so well because there's a bit of fucking rawness in that you know within this sort of really well like we're in a stage of life in music production where if you just say, oh, something's well produced I'm not sure what that means anymore right because there's right. that that landscape has gone so wide. Yeah. I guess my question here is like, you know, becoming self-reliant, has that been a big thing for you in terms of, you know, making your, your solo stuff and citizen, 
you know, making your own world, you know, basically be, being self-reliant in a kind of industry that's always changing. I know it's kind of weird to think of punk and rock and as an industry, but you know, we're part of it. Um, it was being self-reliant. Was that a big part of your vision, a big part of your excitement? Big time. I mean, I love writing and I love recording myself. I don't like recording other bands really, but I do really love producing and creating and um, finding like with what you said, like it's hard to, to tell what's modern and what's not. And uh, that is something I struggle with or not even struggle with, but it's a battle that I have to fight a lot because it could be like, Oh, I need a kazoo. Here's a kazoo sample. There's a million kazoos. And, but it's a great example, (laughs) but then it's like, but then I'm just using this thing that somebody in the universe has already heard before. Right. And Mm. it's already mixed. It's pre-mixed. Everything just sounds good. You know, I just throw it in there. It would sound amazing. How can I take this and make it my own, you know? And so I'll get into the mic and just do something, add some overdrive. All of a sudden, it sounds like a kazoo. You know what I'm saying? Now it's Mm. my kazoo. Mm. And there's a tangible difference in music production rather than just, oh, this sample sounds good. Like, um, like, I mean, samples sound so good now. Like, I could – I have such a hard time telling what's a real drum set and what's not because – Shit just sounds so good. But there's something you cannot recreate with making something out of nothing yourself. Does that make sense? Um, It's kind of like plugins, like the plugin universe. I can't, I have a real Teletronics LA2A, my favorite compressor right next to me. But the plugin, I can't tell a difference at all. I I legitimately cannot. I listen, I'm Mm -hmm. like, whatever, this plugin sounds exactly the same. But if you put it through like uh, an analyzer or whatever, there are tangible harmonic differences. And I believe this is a big argument. You can feel those. Does that make sense? There's a difference. Everybody in the world has the LA-2A plugin that's the same thing as mine. But why do some people's mixes not stand out or production Mm -hmm. stand out? Why? I mean – Mm-hmm. there's a million arguments to that as maybe my baseline um but with with like the new citizen record and all those sounds and stuff we we went and recorded it with rob schnoff right so we didn't self-record this one but a lot of the sounds used on the record were self-recorded and brought to the studio but rob is a big um he records through a board analog yeah. guy so and I think that really, that production really shows through on the on the record. And I, I thought it was a really cool experience to do. You check the drums and it's like, do you like that drum sound? And if you say, yeah, like that's, yeah. that's the way it's going to sound, you know? So yeah. it was kind of like yeah. no options, all commitments. And I really, really liked that. And, you know, while I was in the studio with Rob, I was – I was so inspired and so excited. I just started buying shit sent to my house. That way it would be home, you know, preamps and compressors and EQs and all this stupid shit that I have right here. And I just, it it, it was awesome. 
I don't know if that was the answer to your question. I kind of just started going off on some stuff, but no, I love it. Love it, mate. There's two things that I think of that feeling that you hear on a record, whether it's a plugin or the real thing, there's that. There's also the, when you're the person creating it, the, it gives you the feeling like, you know, you, you know, you've used this bit of hardware, that kind of energy, that kind of, you know, however much into that stuff, you know, there is an energy in everything you do, everything you work with by doing, using something that's hardware, that's like, you know, hammering, hammering, hammering your own treehouse together rather than someone else doing it. You yeah. Enjoy that treehouse more. Listening to a guitar track that I, that I adjusted all the knobs and EQ'd with my hands and did whatever else and, you know, routed with my hands. Listening to it just feels so much cooler. And mm -hmm. it could it, and it could be all in my head. It could be all in my head. But it feels like it sounds better. You know, I don't really know. Even if it is in your head, like that like knock-on effect is the fact that you're enjoying what you're going to do and you keep on pushing that forward. You keep on riding that wave. And so you keep on doing cool stuff. You know, right. it's like, it's, it's that knock-on effect for what you do that minute, that next 10 minutes, that day in the studio. Absolutely, um, yeah. If you, you feel know. inspired and excited, it's going to translate and it's going to be motivating. And, you know, I mean, we recorded Calling the Dogs and... I got home to all these packages. Like I, I flew home and I immediately my room was filled with packages and I just started opening them immediately set them up. And I wrote like four songs, you know, it was just cause I was just so excited. We just, just did a whole record and I just couldn't get enough, you know? So yeah. Yeah. it's, it's good to be inspired. Even if you think the analog sounds exactly like the digital, which it pretty much does. Like mm. if that inspires you and feels different, then Hey, more power to you. And if you, you know, and if even if you feel the other way, oh, I only, I like this and this is easier. This is it. That's awesome too. You know, whatever. I don't, it doesn't really matter. Citizen has been a band for a long time, like probably, you know, most of your adult life. Um, I always think it's like amazing. I mean, I grew up in ska punk bands with eight members. So I think it's amazing uh, when even, you know, when four people can get along, you know, and stay <laughs> together. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what's, what's it like? Have you had a bit of a time of, have you had a bit of reflection being able to like reflect on like personal growth and, you know, you as an individual, you with the other members and kind of citizen as this, this, this idea, you know, this feeling that you're riding or chasing or feeling good. I mean, how, how, how much is, how much of that sort of personal growth element have you, you know, considered over the years, do you think? Well, I like looked at face in the mirror. I mean, I think, you know, early days of citizen were definitely the darkest days. Um, how so? Because, if I if because, I can ask, because we were young and we each had e we all had our our egos and y you know how it is when you're young and especially when you're you're 18 and all of a sudden you're touring the world and people like what you're doing like you definitely develop an ego from that and um, we used to butt heads quite a bit on stupid things writing credits you know like mm. things just just stupid things and um 
letting all of that go was a big lesson and not taking yourself so seriously um, is awesome. I mean, yeah. now there's, I mean, we rarely ever bump heads ever. Yeah. I think the, the, the band morale is higher than ever. And that comes with, you know, member changes and stuff too. We do have two mm. new members as of mm. this record and they are, I mean, just fountains of positivity and fun mm. when I feel like citizen has spent our whole career kind of being a bit drony and maybe too self-serious um, in a way. And um, maybe I think it's good to let go of those things. And now, um, you know, as of like life in your glass world touring on that record, we kind of were discovering a new part of ourselves. And I, I really do attribute that to Mason and Ben. Um, they kind of made us look at things from a different way and seeing them come into the band with such a fresh perspective and no, past experiences to hold on to or no yeah. negativity at all. It was kind of just like, Oh, you know, this can be fun again and this, um, should be. So, yeah. Um, yeah. it's time, it's time to, to let go of any ego or whatever. So I, I, I think the band is in a really, really good place and, um, yeah. And, and yeah. That's my answer. That's great to hear. That's really great to hear. I mean, I've experienced something similar myself where being in such a small like scene, you know, you kind of, you're in such a small circle of uh, people and bands and, and labels and this and that. And you kind of think that's the whole world. And I think when you're like, the smaller your world is, the more things can kind of pierce your skin. Maybe more things are like, like you say, more serious. Um, I've always been someone who's like a bit of a class clown, a bit of a goofball. And I never minded being that. Uh, but I realized, you know, after a time, like, I don't want to just like everyone can be the goofball and the serious person. Everyone can be like the lighthearted person, but also the serious person or the well-read person or the someone who fucking doesn't know anything about culture kind of person. You, you know what I'm saying? And I think right. that... I think it's probably, it's definitely something to do with getting older. And as you get older, your music chat, your music taste develops. I've listened to a whole lot more uh, electronic music in the last five years, yeah. just a little bit, but that's a hundred times more than I did before. Yeah. And you start realizing that these different scenes or however you want to say it, like, everyone's human. Like no one's, I, I guess in a weird subconscious way, I used to think some people were more important than others. I've more or less completely let go of that. I think that's a bit of a, a bit of a key to life sometimes is realizing that everyone's human and really everyone's got, everyone's making decisions based off their experience and their context. Absolutely. You, you mentioned in the PR um, about if on, if you're lonely, that it's about, you know, having a, a family member or a family that, you can be narcissistic and recognizing those characters in yourself. Um, I, I guess my question is like, is that something that like through writing lyrics over these years, is it, are you, have you always, is it always been self-reflection or is that something new for you where you recognize your own characteristics or you recognize um, your own kind of habits or repetitions and then try and, try and change them? Yeah, I think, I think citizen for the most part, 
besides the record youth has always tried to be introspective and because that I mean ultimately I'm the one writing the words and what am I thinking about and those are and I feel like as you grow older you're kind of constantly growing and um I'm sorry lost my train of thought here that's all Uh, good yeah you're constantly growing and so, but the, the subject matter will, will always kind of change because you always have a different perspective on things and kind of going back into, um, the last question, it's like, I don't, I don't really take myself too seriously at this point in life. And yeah. not that I don't yeah. respect myself or anything, but, um, I just know that, you know, there are more important things other than the way, uh, than me. And, um, I've, if you're lonely is, you know, I grew up in a, you know, in a pretty toxic environment and, um, I didn't, I never really realized how that affected me until, um, I realized how I was affecting other people in, um, relationships specifically, you know, jealousy, um, controlling and just pretty mean overall. And, um, always kind of finding a way to victimize myself when really I was an issue. And when I started to have problems with my mom later in life for those things, uh, more, you know, things similar, similar in nature, um, that's kind of when I started to realize, oh, wow, like, that that is who I am and this person is making me feel so horrible um, and that's exactly what I do to other people and that was a big moment for me because then I had to you know consciously weed out an entire childhood of um, programming my behavior to be a specific way. And, you know, and I guess, you know, and I'm not trying to totally like blame this on whoever, you know, but, um, maybe it's my fault too, that I kind of became like that. Right. But, um, if you're lonely is definitely just, it's a song about, you know, Hey, like I know, things used to be this way, but, um, they're not. And, um, I'm willing to fight to, to make things okay. You know? So, yeah, mate, I really appreciate you being so candid with that. You know, I, I feel like, um, you know, I don't want to like push you into any direction of thought. You know, I, I feel like I do that with myself sometimes, you know, we'll be talking about something. I'll be like, fuck, I wish I wasn't thinking about that right now. So I hope I didn't put that on. <laughs> no, you no, you're totally good. Just you're then. Good. No, no, you're good. I'm with you. When I was younger, my dad basically wasn't, didn't really like me. And they chose to like send me away to like boarding school, which sounds really lovely. Uh, but it's also like being totally rejected, like pushed yeah. away from your, your right. brother and your sister and your mum and your dad. And that's something that I've massively looked back on and looked at my behavior and like, why I like, you know, 
I look up to people so much that I forget about myself a lot of the time. And, you know, a lot of us, I think we can take some solace knowing that like we've all had these different kind of upbringings and that everyone's like more or less everyone is like looking at those things and trying to work through them. So, you know, without sounding too earnest, like we're in this together. Life is a learning experience, right? So, and, <laughs> you know, uh, so. Yeah. I fucking hope so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you know, every everybody has their own their own battles they they got to deal with, right? And that's Big time. that's that's okay, you know. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Matt, thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate you coming on 101 Part-Time Jobs. We've got a few minutes left. I like to finish these asking about some work fails, um, you know, taking it back to the origin of the show, which is talking about, you know, the best and worst part-time jobs between tours. I've always found it really hard going to work and not feeling like it's a total waste of time. And I'd always smash glasses behind the bar. And <laughs> I used to work at a radio station and put the adverts on the wrong days and really bad. <laughs> Have, do any, uh, do any come, come to mind to you right now for you? So during citizens touring time, um, I never had an, an actual job, but I would record bands and I would take, I mean, I mean, citizen, we didn't make any money for a very, very long time. And, you know, we all burnt through any dollar we had. I remember one time I went to Taco Bell and I was living in my car, um, with my dog Rex and, wow. um, I went to Taco Bell and I ordered, this is when soft tacos were 99 cents and I ordered a soft taco and one soft taco and I gave him my card and it got declined. And I was like, and he, he the guy, the guy working was like, uh, you got any change or anything? He clearly felt bad. And I was yeah. like, and I'm like, Oh, I knew I didn't have any change, but I'm like pretending to look, I'm like, Oh no, I don't. All right. So he gives him my car back and then he closes. It. He's like, all right. And he closes the window and he opens it up back real quick. And he's like, just take it, man. And I was like, thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> that so, is nice. But I, I used to record bands, you know, cause I would, I needed any scrap of money I could get. And I would record anybody that emailed me and, um, I would record them for dirt cheap cause I was just desperate. And, um, I've just absolutely hated it. Um, just dealing, especially when you're getting paid no money, dealing with people that are, you know, kind of just like me at the time, e egotistical and pretentious and kind of like, Ooh, everything I do is great. And they suck. And you're just like, <laughs> you know, and, 
And I get done recording for like 30 hours and I get handed like 25 bucks. I'm like, oh, so I there there was a point where I started to make money. This I think this was in like 2017, 2016. I was like kind of doing OK. And I didn't need to be recording bands anymore. And this guy came and he was so so into himself and so serious and man, you would have thought I was recording Lady Gaga or something and <laughs> he was truly in a very early stage of his his writing while being very mean you know what I'm saying and I was yeah. kind of just like the whole time I was thinking like I don't have to be doing this. Why am I doing this? Yeah. I don't have to be doing yeah. this. Guy's being so rude to me and whatever. And and after I finished that, I haven't recorded a band that <laughs> I am not personally friends with since. You know? <laughs> so I'm not trying to I'm not trying to shit on people who are just starting writing music, but the the the, the difference was this guy was super mean <laughs> so i was just like i hate this guy why am i doing this See you know what i'm saying yeah and yeah. uh um but you know occasionally i do mix and master things from people but i kind of vet it a little bit now like oh i'm into this i'm gonna mix this but um yeah that that was my uh my failure of a part-time job i guess was kind of just <laughs> i was accepting mistreatment from a lot of people for a long time for scraps and it, it felt really good when i was like oh, i don't have to do this anymore this is awesome so <laughs> yeah yeah it, it's kind of knowing your worth almost sounds like a negative thing or at least that's kind of my read but it is it is true and that goes to anyone like that goes to anyone starting or anyone i mean i was once at a studio studio session get fucking this once at a studio session really young really impressionable Still impressionable, but we're in the studio and on the first day, the producer who we really looked up to um, was like, who do you want to hear this record? And I was like, uh, weird question, but anyone, you know, I'd just written these songs, you know, I was like ready to, I was pumped up to record. Like, I'm not going to say, oh, I just want our town to hear it. So I basically said, oh, like anyone in the world, like maybe these lyrics could help someone if I'm really, 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 really lucky. Um, and he was like, what? And I was like, yeah, I just want like anyone to hear these songs. And he left the recording studio and emailed me and sent me a extract of Henry Rollins get in the van. <laughs> and he was like, if you're going to record with me, you're going to be, you've got to be like this. And like, no one backed me up. Like the other members, the other, the engineer that was there, I guess everyone like kind of wanted to be, no one wanted to speak out, right? And I like speaking out can be a vulnerable thing. So I like totally like get it. You know, I get why the others like wouldn't want to be like, hey, you're being a dick because he's kind of the boss, even though we're the yeah. ones paying him. Anyway. Yeah. Isn't that weird how music works? A bunch of people work for you, but you feel like you work for them. It's kind of weird. <laughs> do you think, is that, do you ever get used to that? No, but honestly, as I, as I get older, I feel more in control there was a time where i was like oh okay uh okay you know i oh you think i should do this yeah. oh okay but now at this point in life it's like i'm 29 mm -hmm. I, i'm an adult 
You know, if I don't want to do mm. something, I'm mm. not going to do mm. it. You know, you seem like someone, and I get this from your lyrics as well. Someone who's really like assertive and knows what they want. That's, um, that's a good trait, you know? Thank you. I definitely, you know, I, I don't like to play games at this point in life. And there, there was a point in time where I really enjoyed conflict. Um, and I thrived in it and would seek it out. And, um, it's, it was so exhausting without realizing it, but, and, you know, back to that, that's just kind of how I grew up. I grew up in constant conflict and constant being on the defense and ready to engage in verbal battle, you know, like all the time. That's just, you know, and, and that's how my siblings are too. That's how we grew up. And that's something we have all, very consciously been trying to weed out successfully, I, I would say weed out of ourselves. And, um, at this point in life, it's like, I'm not, I know what I want and I'm not really going to bend unless, unless I'm being unreasonable and I can recognize that then I'll always, then I always try to work it out. But I, I, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want drama or I don't want bad friends. I don't, if somebody mm. is going to double, double cross me, it's kind of just like, I, I think I'm, I'm done with that chapter in my life. So. Great. And, you know, we talked about, we touched on some of the lyrics earlier, but even, you know, looking at like the titles and some of the songs and lay low and takes one to no one, there's a resilience and there's an acceptance on calling the dogs it sounds to me absolutely that's how it feels to me as well fuck yeah hey matt kerakis thank you so much 101 part-time jobs thank you for having me so there was matt kerakis from citizen yeah really loved that that was some good good stuff every now and then there'll be an interview and i'm like oh yeah that's why i do this and that episode really brought it out of me. So thank you to Matt and thank you for listening. All you listeners make this show what it is. It's because you're listening that I can keep on getting more ace, brilliant, fascinating, fun guests from people whose records that we're loving. So look, cheers. Thanks for subscribing. If you're able to leave a review or a rating, that'd be massively, massively appreciated. That helps me climb up the charts and the podcast discoverability all these kinds of boring stuff but hey this is my thing i gotta educate myself and learn how to do it the best i can so look cheers for joining and i'll be back later on this week with jen g-e-n-n great band from brighton via malta queer punk band and then on thursday we'll have a savage andrew savage from parquet courts so make sure you come back then cheers what I did want, 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 what I did want. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. 
creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad, to learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Hey, are you a super fan of Taylor Swift, Jelly Roll, or Morgan Wallen? Are you that song nerd who likes to dive into every little lyric of every little song and figure out what everything means? Do you want to take that a bit further, though? Because I have a podcast called Songwriter Soup, and it dives into the journey of a songwriter and how those people help craft the soundtrack of your life. I'm Laura Veltz, and I'm bringing all of my friends together to discuss our funny little job writing for all of your favorite artists. Listen to Songwriter Soup wherever you get your podcasts.